like and like that's what it's for. Like, oh, what do you what do you what do you care about your fellow man? Yeah, oh, like, you, you care about somebody people? else? You, you care if somebody else lives? You fucking bitch. yeah, you little <laughs> wimp, little fucking soft little He's limbtard, a little, a little soft little soft boy, little, little soy soft boy, boy. <laughs> soy, soy boy, squishy as undercooked tofu. You know, mm. just like mm. you know who wasn't squishy as undercooked tofu? Who's that? That boy Fidel. That guy. He. <laughs> Wait, was... no. You have a story to tell. You have a story to tell. Yeah. Let's go ahead we, and tell your story um, before we get into Fidel. All right. We had a bar blow up like two blocks over from here, from where um, we live. A bar. Just a exp- black. A black bar. A, a bar. Yeah, that's, yes. A black a, bar just fucking blew the fuck up like inhabited. three days ago. And what's weird is that African Americans. Yes. And it, <laughs> like, it was. It was like uh, fucking. It blew up, and it was under construction for, yeah. like, a year or so. They yeah. were busy, like, renovating it 50, and 15. shit. Yeah, 50-15. Yeah. And then, like, three days before the explosion, they released this really racist dress code where they, like, banned basketball jerseys, and they, like, banned do-rags oh, and shit, and a bunch of other st- <laughs> a bunch of stipulations and a bunch of really weird ones. And, like, I, I saw this review on Yelp after I was looking into it, and this guy, apparently, he went there, yeah. and he was turned away from the door by, like, one of their officers, cause he or one of their, like, bouncers, because he looked, yeah. quote-unquote, too hood, and he was like, I'm never fucking going back here again. Yeah. And then three days after that, it, it blows the fuck up, and you're like, what, what's, my, my theories are okay. insurance, are... Insurance fraud. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I'm I thinking that's that's, that's that's the front runner. That's, that's, that's the easiest one. one. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. my second one. Uh, yeah. You got you got white nationalism. You could okay. throw that in there to where this is like a like a black owned bar. Fuck this shit. But like, that's, why would they choose? Why would they choose that one over like anywhere for else? The revolution, nearby, you know, for the revolution. But I they could that one first. Okay, all right. Just just to, just for the party line. Yeah. Just okay. For the party Fair. line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one first. Fair enough. But second. Yeah. Oh, fucking tax. Yeah. Well, yeah. And just like, let's (laughs) let's renovate this for like a year, which will justify us taking out a larger insurance policy. Yeah. And then blow it the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. And maybe we can maybe we can throw out this out this dress code as like a false flag, you know? And then just you know, it's what uh, it's what uh, it's what in all the mob movies I watched over quarantine is what they call Hebrew lightning. Hebrew lightning. Hmm. Yeah. Just well, oh yeah, lightning struck it. It burned down. <laughs> like, that's, like, a, that's that Hebrew light. What passage is that racist. in the, yeah, in the Torah? Yeah, yeah, a little, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, anti-Semitism. <laughs> from, from Italians. It's, yeah. uh, these are it's mob movies I was watching. It's not me. All right, fuck, goddamn. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. So anyway, getting speaking of uh, terrorist attacks, oh, we got. We got a few, but they're from the U.S., so it's it's okay. We can talk about them. That's called freedom fighting. That's okay. Fair, freedom yeah, fighting. Depend, depends on how you look at it. Freedom um, isn't free, and you got to remember that. Yep. No, there's somebody's somebody's paying for it. Fidel did a lot of a lot of freedom fighting. Uh, he supported a lot of freedom fighting. We're gonna start. We're and like to be clear that we're gonna focus a lot on foreign policy. I know there's shit that went on domestically. This is just what I found the most interesting. So don't don't fucking at me. All hey, right. Here's the, here's the thing, nigga. We don't have time. All we don't have time. Do, all right. We don't have time. And look, we are we are we're good, but we're not that goddamn. You're good. you're listening to two hours <laughs> worth of an episode on Fidel, and we you want to get the whole 
story, like it's not gonna happen. All right. Don't call me from South Miami with that bullshit. Don't do South that. Florida with that. Fuck bullshit. that. No, <laughs> please. Come on, man. I know it was bad. I know. <laughs> so in fall of 1963, uh, Cuba sends 22 tanks and several hundred soldiers to reinforce the Algerian revolutionary leader Amin Ben Bella in the struggle against Morocco, to where I think they recently got independence from france and then there was like another war that broke out over this really like mineral rich region that they shared with morocco and like the u.s was backing morocco and algeria was kind of standing alone and so castro and cuba they step up and they're like hey all right we'll help you out and this is one of the first of many of of castro sending troops and sending military equipment overseas to support other struggling or other other third world nations or developing nations you could call him. You can call him uh, Gaddafi before Gaddafi, mm-hmm. or as Gaddafi would call him, um, just a son of Gaddafi. There was no before Gaddafi. Son, to Gaddafi. son of Gaddafi. <laughs> Even yes, though Gaddafi a, came after this, uh-huh, uh-huh, Gaddafi a, doesn't recognize anything before him. A prophet of Gaddafi, <laughs> right? A prophet yeah, just yeah. saying that, hey, this guy's coming, and here's what he's going. He's going to be doing. Yeah. No. <laughs> The brother leader, come on. That's right. We're, yeah, we'll, we'll get to him, too. Uh, in November, the next major event you, you have happen is obviously November 22nd, 1963, you have the assassination of JFK. And Castro, he's hearing about this, like, when he does, at least according to his autobiography, he's visiting a French journalist, and he says, this is bad news everything has changed. And I, this is what I kind of wanted to touch on of, like, did yeah. Castro kill JFK? Because he's a front-runner in that whole conspiracy racehorse, well, you know? I'm, People I mean, think, I don't in know. What, in what way? In what, like, in front-runner, do you mean, like, one of the top one of the guys. 35 because yeah, there's like that's, literally that's 175 fair. people yeah. who had who had motive to kill. He's, he's a popular one though. People okay. always say like, "Oh, Cuba, you know, JFK, JFK sponsored the Bay of Pigs, and he was the one who approved it, and they had bad economic relations prior to this, and maybe Castro got fed up." And no, it's I mean, like, I, yeah, I also I think if, if 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 you have an understanding, which he probably did, of who JFK like was really, he like this dude just just wants to get head and go to fucking yeah. Nantucket. That's all that dude yeah, wants to man. do. He didn't even, yeah, like, so he probably, he, he, he knew, he knew, probably knew it was bad. He was like, yeah, this is not something. Yeah. It's not a good thing. I think, and like the, the whole, th- another thing is, is that Oswald, after, I think shortly after getting back from Russia, petitioned yeah. to come to Cuba. He was like, hey, I want to come live over there for a little bit. And Castro was like, no. Yeah, no, that's a not, whole. It's not happening. We don't, you're weird, dude, because it was weird. Yeah, it's like, we're not taking you over here. You're not going to fuck our shit. You're not going to get our hands dirty like that. Like, we don't we don't trust you. And so it makes me think that it was more of a domestic thing. But then there's also the converse side of that to where you could think, like, oh, but that's why they said no, because they wanted to make it look like they had no active involvement with Oswald. And it's like, yeah, I see you, but also... This is a four four year old regime. You think they have the? You think killing an American president is their is their priority right now? And, no, and they, if, they're trying and, not I to mean, get killed themselves. Yeah, no. If they were that good, if they were like, "Yo, we're just gonna kill an American president and have a and have a dope ass healthcare system." Yep. <laughs> Yo, that's a good ass country. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> they, they, they can do not, both of those. Yeah, that's wild. No. It's, <laughs> like, 
it would be great, but I just, I just don't think they were they were there yet. And there's no, like, they no, I don't think they obviously were there. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it killed, was them. I think they killed JFK. It was probably the CIA or somebody else. We don't have time to get into the JFK nope, conspiracy theories. One it day, so much. I so hope much. so. <laughs> <laughs> April of 1965. After so, this is we get into Che a little bit here. He's he, he's kind of like a lost boy. You know, he goes, he's popping around for a little bit because he's yeah. like he held a position in. Castro's government for a little bit and like a high one because he's he's Castro's friend you know yeah and so but Che just gets wanderlust really he start he, so he starts like popping around the world consulting with other revolutionary leaders and third world leaders and then in April of 65 he arrives in the Congo mm-hmm. to support Laurent Kabila and it's mm-hmm. around like 120 men and I think all of them except for Che were black mm-hmm. because they would just blend in easier in Africa they probably were were historically from the Congo. Maybe, <laughs> like, yeah, like, maybe. It's kind of a weird homecoming. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in j- two months a- or three months after that, in July, Cuba sends about 250 men to Brazzaville, which is the capital of the former French Congo. Because right now, you know, after the death of P- Patrice Lumumba, you've got this split in the Congo. You got the French Congo with Brazzaville, which is kind of closer to the coast as the capital. And then Zaire, which is which has Kinshasa, aka Leopoldville, as the capital under Joseph Desiree Mobutu, and it's kind of like on the other side of the river from Brazzaville. I can't believe you you mispronounced Zaire because you've gotten so much other Zaire. Shit yeah, Zaire. Zaire. Zaire is just I only reason I know that well is because well I read a book on the Congo uh, like last year, but also because um, of the Muhammad Ali movie. That's where he fought Joe Frazier, the Rumble in the Jungle. You know what I mean? Is that okay. or that in the Philippines? One of the places they fought in Zaire once. <laughs> like, that's, that's cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Zaire, 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 Zaire. 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 Okay. Yeah. Now, now, I, now I know. You know. And they send these guys over there because they're meant to reinforce Che. And it's when these men arrive that they begin training the Movement for the Liberation of Angola, a.k.a. the MPLA. So probably like Movimiento Popular de Liberación Angola. Here's and the thing. Uh, I just can't, not, I can't stop saying uh, Ali, Bumbaye. Uh, that's just for the dude who watched, who watched the Muhammad Ali movie. Who, know, who knows <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just for that one guy. All right. yeah, Leave us a review, dude. <laughs> we love you. Um, and the MPLA... This is the origin of their support of this group, and they're going to go on to become a major player in Africa. And so, just yeah. kind of like the geography of it, if you got you've got the Congo right above Angola, and Angola is going to to you know start their own war for independence pretty soon here. Um, one thing I would like to say: if you look at all the all the the countries that we're talking about, um, and the places that are being fought over. Um, have things that people want. Have things have minerals. That peop- yeah. They have oil. Angola yeah. has oil. The Congo has so much shit. Yep. And then part of Morocco and Algeria or Algeria has 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 minerals. The point's uh we can say it's about the, the fucking the you know, the ideologies. But a lot of things it's a lot of times it's just about the fucking resources. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you just use you use communism or socialism as a as a false flag so you can invade it so you can get all the shit. Um, yeah, but we laugh because we can't cry, right? I want to make that clear. Um, oh, I can cry, but I'm not listening to King Cruel right now. That's what I do. I, listen, I sit in the dark. I listen to King Cruel, and I drink drink coffee and I write jokes. Right. On. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds like a good day, man. 
in January of 1966, you've got the Tri-Continental Congre- Conference in Havana. And it's like a general anti-imperialist conference. And they met at the Habana Libre Hotel. And you've got people from all over the world, like mainly U.S. enemies. Like you've got a, mm-hmm. a delegation from Vietnam. You've got guys from the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. You've got Salvador Allende before he's elected and Almakar Cabral of Guinea-Bissau. And taking a pretty large step here, during this conference, Castro names Havana the epicenter of world subversion. So he's mm-hmm. letting it be known, I'm going to fucking help you guys get these neo-colonialist bastards out of your country, and we're going to reclaim our own lands yeah. and, and do our own thing. Yeah. In accordance with furthering his agenda, he opens up the this this. this place called the campus of the revolution which is punto cero de guanabo it's basically like the the cuban school of the americas and that and pronunciation was brought to you by five years of spanish right there yeah man <laughs> still still not completely fluent and it's it's kind of sad you know and at, at the campus they have it's complete with like barracks and cafeterias and and classrooms and over there they would teach the curriculum included uh, Marxist thought, of course, you know, just getting mm-hmm. getting your basics. Also, yeah. learning how to forge documents nice. and handle firearms yeah. and build bombs and how yeah. to hijack boats and yeah. planes and just guerrilla simulations and living out in the in the mountains and how to forage and and all sorts of shit. Everything so, you would need to know to launch a coup. So the University of Missouri. I there you all go, those things. man. <laughs> in Columbia, Missouri, <laughs> Marxist thought check. Counterfeiting mm-hmm. documents, fake IDs. We had those. Mm-hmm. There you go. Handling firearms, no uh-huh. comment. Bomb building. Well, what type of was it? An Irish car bomb? Is that a? Is that a? That's uh, a bomb. Bomb that's building. A bomb. It's Hijacking. pretty pretty simple recipe. Yeah. Hijacking. Hijacking. You didn't st- if you didn't steal a car in college. <laughs> you really go what are you college. doing? You, do, you, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Guerrilla simula- sim- uh-huh. uh, simulations. Um, Getting lost at a music festival. Yeah, no, I did. You know, that. you're tripping yeah, out did. in the woods and just <laughs> yeah. like, oh fuck, man, I lost my group. Yeah, no, just where's just my group? My shirt off. I don't even know where my shirt is. Where's my shirt? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> and they they also had recruits from all across the world, like not only Latin America, but they had like Basque separatists and Irish Republican Army guys, PLO, and even the Black Panthers. They they yeah. trained trained here as well, apparently. And this is all in line with a, a theory promulgated by Che Guevara, which is uh, it's like focalism. Or that's what it translates to. It's known as foco in, uh, in Spanish, which is the idea that you need to create like just multiple different Vietnams. Is suck the imperialists into this unwinnable war of attrition. Eventually, public support will turn against them, and you will have successfully won liberation because you just made it too costly on the enemy to... To wage this war because they've they've overextended themselves. I mean, they 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 do overextend themselves, but these sons of bitches win. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's weird. Uh, I guess you just got to make the war as bloody as possible and yeah. just like really. That's what happened in Vietnam, isn't it? Is it just became well, to a certain point to where they're like, no, maybe we've lost, but we refuse to admit that we have. And eventually America was like, God, it was like a big game of chicken, you know? Almost. No, I mean, no, they, no, we, we, we lost Vietnam. And the, the, <laughs> like, there's a weird thing when people are like, yeah, man, we didn't, I used to watch documentaries where they'd be like, yo, we didn't lose. We just went home. And yeah, dog, if you left the pro- playground without the ball, mm-hmm. 
you lost. Dog. You lost. You, just can't, you just can't. You lost. Be losing yeah. and then just be like, "Yo, I'm going home, and I'm going home with honor." No, nigga, you're forfeiting. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> yeah, don't don't is. try to dress <laughs> it up with semantics or yeah. anything else. Like we we lost because we just got tired of waging that war, yeah. and that that was the, that was the idea of Foucault. And so, in in accordance with this, in October of 1966, Che. You know, he doesn't really have a whole lot of success in the Congo. He comes back to Cuba for a little bit. He gets fucking bored again, and he's like, I'm going to go to Bolivia. I think the, the occasion is ripe for a revolution there. Yeah. And he wanted the revolution that he starts there to, to spill into his home of Argentina. And it just kind of gets me to this idea that, like, Che, I'm convinced that he would have been a musician if yeah. he if he wasn't a revolutionary cuz he's okay. just like a like a dirty lost boy you know he's like he doesn't like politics and maybe that's like to his credit yeah. but also he's like nah man I'm all about the action I just want to pop from country to country and start a socialist revolution I'm a goddamn adventurer almost like like a mercenary he's like he's like the Mac DeMarco of revolutions that is, I think, you that, know, just a dirty lost boy, you know. <laughs> it's hilarious to think of Mac DeMarco and Jay, <laughs> like just with the gap, just being like, you should all be free, but you also need to wage a, a fundamental guerrilla war yep. in the hills. Yep. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> and instead of instead of traveling with a guitar, Che yeah. travels with a fucking assault ref. He does with a fucking rifle, assault weapon. You know? you yeah, know what he's mean? like, we're gonna get it done. You know, he's just yeah, a wan- wandering, scruffy, hobo, communist revolutionary doctor asthma having dude i would follow mac demarco into a <laughs> sustained guerrilla warfare and yeah, i'm just man, gonna put that know. out there um one thing also gotta go back i'm sorry it's okay i'm just always drawn back to to, to mumar this uh-huh. is the mumar blue, blueprint he's looking at this and he's saying what well, he's like he's like i want to be che but i uh-huh. don't want to die <laughs> but i don't want to die <laughs> so i'm gonna be like Fidel, but I'm be like Che inside my country. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I'm not you, really a leader. I'm just I I'm guess just the brother revolutionary. What what <laughs> Che didn't know, which is what makes me think that maybe he was just addicted to the action, is that yeah, pa- part of the reason people get into fol- politics is because they just want to fucking travel, man. Just yeah. like I want to be invited to the summits in foreign countries and eat all the best food and. Uh, not have to worry about buying a translator because they get one. F- you can you can still visit other countries and get that sense of adventurism without uh, without no. killing anybody. Well, no, no but you uh, but you're not gonna get to see the real country. Maybe yeah, <laughs> maybe there people. might be something to that. You know, <laughs> without maybe yep. sustained revolution, you're not gonna yep. get to really know Bolivia. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like, do you really know Bolivia? You just go and just have fun? No, you gotta really be in the mountains <laughs> with 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 seventeen year old kids. <laughs> yeah, fucking picking off, picking <laughs> no off prospects. Yeah, just, yeah, like fucking, like yeah. Small. That's how you get to know a place. You know what I mean? The, the, those are the Facebook friends that you keep, yep, right? <laughs> <laughs> so right before the death of Che, you have in November of '66, the U.S. Congress passes the Cuban Adjustment Act, and this means that anybody that emigrates f- to the U.S. from Cuba, they can claim asylum. And they are treated as political refugees nice. instead of illegal immigrants because okay. the U.S. just wants to make Cuba look bad. And the more people that are coming from Cuba and being like, "Yeah, man, it fucking sucks over there. Yeah. I am, I am, I am claiming asylum here." It's like, welcome. You've just bolstered our case, you know. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's just kind of weird that like somebody fleeing Mexico for similar reasons than somebody fleeing Cuba is an illegal immigrant, but somebody fleeing Cuba just because they're socialist can claim asylum. It just well, goes to show you how how petty kind of Congress was when when passing this. Well, Mexico just needs to be worse. Yeah, you guys gotta is. get worse. You gotta you gotta get you gotta not you gotta take all that drug money. And you got to uh-huh. just give it to people because that's yep. a bad thing. We don't want oh, yeah. that. Just <laughs> throw throw some fuel on that fire. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you guys need to step it up over there. You guys got to fucking get all that drug money and mm-hmm. fund schools. And then we'll really. Mm-hmm. We'll really. You. And teach them Marx. <laughs> yeah, you, teach you, them Marx in third grade. And we will fucking. About, mm, teach them how they deserve <laughs> to like live a decent life. Yep. <laughs> like, mm. and all, these, we'll all these hate you. crazy <laughs> ideas, you know. <laughs> So then on October 9th of 67, this is when you have the, the murder of Che Guevara in La Higuera, Bolivia, by a government army. He's, like, trying to launch a revolution there. And what kills him is that apparently there's, like, a defection in the camp. And there had already been factionalism within the camp. And he sold him out. And, you know, Fidel has to announce his death. And it's, like, this huge blow to Cuban morale. But I've also yeah. heard a rumor on the flip side that maybe Fidel himself sold him out. Because they, they kind of like disagreed prior to him leaving. And that's maybe that's why Che wanted to leave and like go to the Congo and go to Bolivia because there was this there was this split between him and Fidel. And Fidel, I mean, we're going to get to it, but he's he's kind of petty. And if he if he did sell out Che, I don't think he did. But if he did, there's there's a later precedent for him selling out his friends and kind of setting them up as as a as a patsy for for his own his own bullshit. Well, look, man, if he if he did it, you know, what I mean, I don't really know if he did. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't, I mean? I don't like, either. You know, that's like, just it's your day yeah. one. You don't you don't turn your back on your homies. That's first uh-uh. of all. I agree. But that's what I'm, all, yeah, that's yeah. If when you when look, I have friends that travel a lot, and I don't travel a lot, and that makes me angry at them. Mm-hmm. And so, have I thought about playing uh-huh. drugs on them and getting them caught by the cops? Yes. Because I'm a hater. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> so trying to keep him down. I'm trying to keep him down while I am. <laughs> so in 1969, there's this, there's this building called Onse, which is like one of Fidel's many properties. And this is this is the building where this girl Celia Sanchez stayed. And this this is his his side piece to where he yeah. had he had not quite a wife, but like he didn't marry his wife until Celia had died. Yeah. And so in this building, Onse, he has a stable built on the fourth floor of the building to house all of Fidel's cows. Yeah. And so he has all these cows crane lifted into this private stable in the Onse building because he wanted to create like a new race of cows that would have a a higher milk yield. And Fidel loves fucking cows, man. Like Apparently, there's there's this another story about like him at his at his at his family home and every individual every son that him and his wife had they all had their own cow that they would go their own personal cow that they would go and and get milk from and and drink it and shit. Okay, so dude, just say you want to suck on them titties on them sweet just, cow titties. It, it's, just say yeah, that, dog. We know. Just say that. We get it. Don't <laughs> don't dance. And then. But the fact that you want to indoctrinate your whole family into this nah, man, as nah, well, man. that you're like, no, nah, we all need our own our own cow. Look, you know, we, we all, all need, need to suck on our sweet on these sweet cow titties, and that's you know fine. what I mean. You just and gotta, that's you fine just, if that's your kink, if that's the thing uh-huh. that you like if to that's do. Your thing, just just do that, bro. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> but but don't pull your side piece into but this. Don't, and right? don't put them on the fourth floor. I don't think cows <laughs> like heights. I nah, think cows should be yeah. on the ground. That's what they I can't think. get downstairs. You know, that's I a mean, revolutionary you, yeah. thing that I gotta say. The cows cows should be on the ground. First people floor. belong on the floors. Cows on cows the on ground. The that is that is the motto of our revolution. Yeah. All right, we're gonna yeah. see it on the flags. Cows on the ground. All right. But the thing is, is that Castro actually succeeds. Yeah. In this, in this, like higher milk yield cow. In 1982, there is Ubre Blanco, which is like the official cow of Cuba, and it's famous for milk production. It set yet another Guinness World Record held by Cuba for producing 109.5 liters, that is 29 gallons of milk, in one day. That's because that's because he was sucking on those cows' teeth. That's because he, he had to, no, because he yep. had to cover it then. Because like he was like, yo, mm. everybody thinks I'm just sucking on these cow teats. I now have to make an amazing cow so I can be like, yeah, I wasn't just sucking on cow. No, there was there was a whole scientific <laughs> method science behind all of behind this. It. You know, it yeah, it was me. it was all for our, nobody all going to a good cause. Yeah, I'm fucking a good guy, and I'm make, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't just trying to get off. Yeah, I was, I was trying. trying to, I was like, trying to feed the cows. revolution. All right, that's what that was what I was doing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I fucking succeeded. Here you go. You did. can find Ubre Blanco on like stamps and shit. Like it's 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 worth a Google. <laughs> there's a there's a dude in Iowa who probably listened to this podcast podcast and is just like, gotta get my hands on one of them goddamn cows. Gotta get my hands on one of them. <laughs> or just I like to think of the of the guy whose cow held the record for twenty eight gallons and he's in like fucking Fucking oh. Turkmenistan or something, and he's just like, "Oh, no, no, no. I, Cubans." That guy, <laughs> that guy definitely was in Wisconsin and was like going to Wisconsin State Fair every God year. Like, damn this it. is my twenty-eight gallon yep. uh, cow. Yep. And then like they found out Fidel did <laughs> it. Fucking he, Bessie. <laughs> yeah, like Bessie's like he's like he found out Fidel fucking broke his record. And he was like. Now every reason to hate communists. Yep. I'm sending my son to yep. Vietnam. This is '82. I don't know. Uh, he probably still sent his son to Vietnam, yep. thinking it was. The one. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't vote for Reagan the first time. Yeah. But you better believe I'm voting for him again. <laughs> Re-election. All right. Well, 1971. This is when you get some shady American stuff. Uh, swine fever is introduced to Cuba with the tacit support of the CIA. So. Here's what happened is that U.S. agent handed off a container of swine fever to an anti-Castro Cuban at a CIA base in Panama. And there's like a small outbreak. And in order to contain that outbreak, Cuba has to kill 500,000 hogs, which causes like a, a, a food shortage. But this isn't even only the first time that the U.S. engages in... Uh, what do you call it? Bacteriological warfare or yeah, biological warfare? Biological warfare, and, yeah. and I don't know if you know anything about Cubans, but they love pigs. Mm. They I love. Didn't, I, I didn't I, know that. I and, I and I know that. Why do I know that? Food Network. There you go, man. <laughs> A lot of Cuban food. They they like they specifically they like like uh, I think it's like what is it like roasting a pig not roasting a pig yeah like roasting pigs with like, the Spitfire it's and all stuff. over the yeah like, a, like yeah a, I think it's like a thing it's like called like the lachina there's like a way to cook it like it's like a it's like called like the china box it's like a Chinese box huh. where you put it in the key, where you put it in the box and like you can cook it I don't know really but there. you should look it up you should google just Chinese box and watch okay. Google think you're racist. That's what I'm setting up people up for. <laughs> I already got so ma- so many Google searches. Not not for racism, but just for like, what is this guy doing, man? What yeah, is he? What is talk. he? In, what is he into? Yeah, man. So how much how much how much milk can you suck out of a cow's titty? 
29 yep. gallons. 29.5 <laughs> gallons. Why is he interested in this cow? He's just like, interested. Yeah, don't, weird guy. Don't worry about it. Um, this isn't even only the first time. They do. They introduce, an, they introduce dengue fever in 1981. So this is another moment where the CIA, under Reagan this time, instead of Nixon, gives this virus to like an anti-Castro group, and it kills, like I think, 156 people or 154. 110 of them are children. Shit. Just, uh, you know, just thought I'd bring it up. Great. Right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> the next big thing that I want to talk about is in the summer of 1975, you've got the beginning of Operation Carlota, which is Cuban support of this guy, Agostino Nito, who is the, or Neto, who is the leader of the MPLA, the, the Angolan Liberation Group. Not to so, be confused with uh, Nieto, which is the the good-looking boy president of uh of mexico from a couple years back who was corrupt as all shit <laughs> okay <laughs> like, i mean he was he was what 13 what 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 did well, you he expect was like, he was you in know? his 30s but he was like a fairly oh, good looking dude oh, okay. but he was corrupt as shit. <laughs> like, okay man so the portuguese said that independent they have like i think it's the chrysanthemum revolution in yeah. like november of 74 and they set an independent state for like all their former colonies including angola angola's is november 11th and so the all the separate factions, you've got like three of them, they recognize that whoever controls Luanda, which is right on the coast, controls Angola. And so they're all maneuvering to, to take control of the city. So in addition to the MPLA, which is supported by Cuba and the Soviet Union, you've got the National Front for the Liberation of Angola, mm. or the FNLA, and UNITA, N-U- or U-N-I-T-A. I don't know what it stands for. And they're both backed by China and the West. So in July of 75, uh, President Gerald Ford, he authorizes Henry Kissinger, who I think is Secretary of State at the time, to covertly support both UNITA and the N or FNLA. So they're flying supplies to Zaire, which is controlled by Mobutu, who is the guy who basically arranged for the killing of Lumumba again. Yeah. And so it's like a clusterfuck what's going on in Angola, just to understand how many different sides are competing for control of the region. Fidel supports the MPLA with like weapons, tanks, helicopters, fighter planes, and around 50,000 Cuban troops on the ground. And he sends black Cubans first because, again, just the same with with Che and the Congo is that they blend in easier and nobody's going to raise an international stink over Cuban support, right? And then also, uh, I think then Spanish, Spanish, like Portuguese and Spanish, they're, they're not, they're like similar languages. Yeah. One thing I've always heard about Portuguese is that Portuguese uh, sounds like a deaf Spanish person speaking. Oh. That's like, that's, that's what I've heard. And maybe that was just a, a racist person. Spaniard. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, Angola name sounds familiar we did we did a previous episode on queen yep. queen angola um yeah. warrior queen um you know of angola go check that out if you want to learn more about the in-depth history and yeah. history of struggle and resistance of angola but yeah i'm pretty sure it doesn't uh she can no did she did we mention katanga in that episode yeah she's so she's like right she uh, yeah she uh, she like part of katanga she's like yeah okay because sure. they're like I'm right on uh, right on the border and i think yeah Katanga, when it splits from the the DRC in like the early sixties, mm-hmm. becomes becomes Zaire, and then they go like back and forth for a while. No, there, her shit's like it stretches like, it's like part of Angola, like 
parts kind of like parts of like northern Angola, I would say today, and then like a little bit of south of southern Congo and that Katanga region. I don't think they're all in Katanga. Yeah. I think it's like she just she has like a very large region that's like part of yeah, like northeastern yeah. Angola. Don't get me. I might be wrong on that. Don't yeah, no, that, that 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 makes sense because yeah. like, but like maps, you know, borders change and all. Yeah, all no, these shit. borders change, and I don't know African rivers, and that's what they're classifying <laughs> everything by. That's, I don't get them. <laughs> it's <laughs> rough, man. It's yeah. rough. So in 1976, to kind of like stop the covert support that was authorized under Ford, the U.S. Congress votes in favor of the Clark Amendment because they don't want to get sucked into a quote unquote African Vietnam. Yeah. And it's just interesting that they would use the same terminology that Shea was using to describe focalism. So the MPLA, again, they've got that Cuban. And so basically like the, the breakdown of the Angolan Civil War, which rages for like two decades, you have the MPLA, which is backed by Cuba and mm-hmm. the USSR, versus apartheid South Africa, Zaire, UNITA and FNLA all with Western support. And Fidel yeah. mentioned this in his autobiography. He said that the United States might have been supplying South Africa with nuclear weapons through Israel. Okay. That sounds like a that sounds like it could be correct or it could be a conspiracy. It could be thing. a lie. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, I mean that I mean that's that's like I look let's not let's not get into what what could be true or what could be I mean, I think probably did happen. I don't know. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it, but I also have reason to doubt who said it. You know yeah. what I mean? Is is kind no, of that dual. It's his biography. I was gonna say a lot of wild shit in my biography. Yeah, would, oh, yeah Henry, was... Henry Price was a pedophile. And I'm just gonna say that. Get it. <laughs> There's no truth you know, to it. I'm you want you want it. people to read it, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hot takes in here though. <laughs> So Agostino Neto dies in 79. He's succeeded by Jose Eduardo dos Santos. And civil war between these three fractions just wages throughout the 80s, right? Dos and Santos. Is, <laughs> dos Santos. Uh, uh, I don't, he still rules till today, doesn't he, Dos Santos? I, I don't know if I think, think he does. So. All I know is his daughter is like one of the richest women in uh, and out of Africa, and they are some of the most corrupt people. <laughs> I, I, uh, man, I believe <laughs> like, it. Unfortunately, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> July of '79, you have another foreign venture by Castro. You've got the fall of Managua, which is the capital of Nicaragua, yeah. and the triumph of the Sandinista Revolution which is led by the, this pair of brothers, Daniel and Umberto Ortega, both mm. of whom had studied at Punto Cero de Guanabo in, in Cuba. And in 1984 and 85, uh, Arnaldo Ochoa, who's a general, he's serving as military advisor to the Nicaraguans. And just an interesting fact, this is where you get like Iran-Contra in order uh-huh. to, to counter this. But Daniel, it failed because yeah. Daniel Ortega is president of Nicaragua to this day like uh-huh. he's still there and he wouldn't have been there without fidel it's also that's also nicaragua is where you also get that whole thing about uh coke uh the cia selling cocaine in america and like in los angeles in the 80s that whole that whole story track yeah like the nicaragua is the the source of a lot of fuck shit <laughs> <laughs> it's an epicenter of of yeah <laughs> uh, bad bad stuff yeah 
Shortly after they take power on April 1st, and this is one of the domestic incidents in Cuba, April 1st of 1980, you've got the Mariel Crisis. And this all kicks off because the Peruvian embassy is broken into by five Cubans. So they hijack a bus and just ram it through the fucking gates. And they arrive at the embassy and they're like, we can't fucking stand it here anymore. We demand asylum anywhere but Cuba. God damn it. We want, we want to go to Peru. And okay. so the Cuban government, in order to spike this movement, they would draw police protection of the embassy. They're like, fuck it. We're not, we're not dealing with this. We're not guarding this. And this causes just like a surge of people to all come into the embassy like, yeah, we also want to leave Cuba. Please get us out of here. And eventually, like, you know, I think the U.N. starts, like, handing out food and stuff and trying to take mm-hmm. care of them. And the U.S. has to intervene. And, like, the Cuban police are gone. Like, situations becoming out of control. All yeah. these people refuse to leave. They are demanding asylum. And so around 125,000 Cubans leave Cuba between April and October of that year. And they're out, out. not a big island. <laughs> no, 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 no. For, for this many people to be like, yeah, fuck yeah. this. We're, yeah. we're fucking gone. And just to wonder like, okay, well, why were they leaving if the, if the revolution was such a success and if they have such a high standard of living, why are they, why are they wanting to leave so bad? You know, it's kind of, it's, it's shady. You, usually when you live under revolutionary pretext, uh-huh. it's not a great time. It's not I'm a great time. Say, anybody says, no. yo, we're in a revolution. Yeah, yeah, that's not a fun it's time. Not, I'm not having a good time. Yeah, are you? Like, yeah, no. Like <laughs> they tell you, like, yo, we're at war constantly with these with these colonial forces. You're not gonna be like kicking it. You know what I mean? You're not gonna no, be buying new no, shoes no, no, all the time. No. Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's most of the world is struggle. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, it's, yeah, it's read what's called the struggle. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, like no, read read what's going on elsewhere. You'd be like, yeah. holy holy fuck. And they, they're allowed, all these Cubans are allowed to leave out of the port city of Mariel, which is why it's known as the Mariel Crisis. It's like west of Havana. And they head mainly to the United States. Now, Fidel, he notices this as an opportunity, a unique opportunity, to drain Cuban prisons and psych wards. And so he's brought a list of all these dangerous prisoners, and he gives, he's, yes, for the all the like dangerous offenders and everything, and no to all the political dissidents and all the members of the old regime and all the all the writers who badmouthed me and said that said that my cow couldn't produce enough milk. Fuck them. They're not well, they're not going to the states. First of all, they're wrong. Second of all, this yep. is where we get Scarface from. Big uh-huh. dog. This is that That's Scarface. Ex- yep. This yeah. is this is where he's from, man. He's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, yep. I need it's to drain the prisons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Next two years. Or 1982 to 84, he you know visits Moscow to see Brezhnev's funeral. He's attending non-aligned summits, and he's kind of brushing shoulders with other third world leaders such as Yasir Arafat of the PLO, Indira Gandhi of India, and Kim Il Sung of mm. North Korea. Yo, I wonder if everybody there was just like, yo, yo, Kim Il Sung did too many hits of whippets. <laughs> in middle school because he is fucked dude like, I don't he's on that. another planet man he just shows up smiling uh-huh. and in a different time <laughs> i would do i would do the accent i would do i would do the stereotypical uh, yeah. far yeah. eastern uh asian accent yeah but you're not gonna cancel me you sons yep. of bitches now wait. <laughs> like, wait 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 till we're off mic you know yeah, then no, we'll, no, then we'll i'm not gonna it do it off mic either you're not gonna give me a secret racism either <laughs> like, <laughs> Also in 84, uh, Asada Shakur ends up in Havana. She's granted political asylum by Fidel. And, you know, we did an episode on her as well. She's escaping, like, you know, 
or she like just busted out of prison after being yeah. like wrongly this accused is, of a crime. This is uh, <laughs> this is I like that we're getting to the point now where a lot of our stuff is starting to intersect. Yeah, we've gone around the world. We've done a lot yeah. of different things around the world, and we're starting to come back to places. And you're seeing the history, and you're seeing different different historical figures interact with each other. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. Worlds Good collide, times. you know, yeah. but like, you know, and uh, Fidel had his ties to, to Malcolm X. We talked about it in, yeah, in yeah. part one. And so it kind of makes sense that Cuba I mean, now becomes this this place, this asylum for understanding. Uh, I think one of the revolutionary leaders, that, a lot of the revolutionary leaders that Fidel came up with were black, particularly yeah. black. I think uh, black revolutionaries in the United States liked Fidel because he supported you know, black anti-colonialists in Africa. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Seeing that yeah. inspiring, being like, "Yo, you're fucking with the fake people that we're fucking with, and we're trying to look up to, yeah. and we're supporting them. That's cool with us." 1986. Shortly after, you've got the creation of Departamento MC. Mm, after okay. the U- USSR economic aid begins to dry up, and they're like, "We need to look for other sources of funding." And That's place- a, one thing I don't like about communism or socialism: not creative with the names. Departmental MC MC means nothing. They just made MC up. They they were like jokes that it standed for like I think like moneda y currencia, just like money and currency. Okay. Or wow. some other okay. shit. They would just they, but it, it comes later to, to mean something else. They have like a different different joke for departmental MC, but they just gave it this official boring name so nobody would look at it. Why not name is jo- Josh's Bakery? Josh's Bakery. Yeah, just like something random. Yeah, man. Just so nobody nobody will see all that all that sweet truffle money funneling yeah. through, you know. Oh, I am deep in, tr- in the truffle game, and it deep. is getting sticky. <laughs> it's heating um, up, <laughs> primarily because nobody's buying truffles anymore because uh, nobody can afford mm, them because we're all yeah. broke as shit and we're all nobody's buying today. luxury goods anymore, man. <laughs> That's the problem. So, Departamento MC is placed under the control of Jose Abrantes, who we mentioned earlier, and. Colonel Tony de la Guardia and his brother. And their goal is to set up front companies in Panama, Mexico, and Nicaragua and conduct business with other businesses that are blockading Cuba, like mm. mainly the U.S., and then yeah. funnel, basically trick you know, uh, these other businesses to doing business with Cuba and then funnel that money back home. Now, while operating in Panama, they come into close contact with the Colombian cartel. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna see how that one how that one plans out, plays yeah. out, but you probably you you know where we're headed. Yeah. So in September of 1986, Castro he's in Harare, Zimbabwe for the eighth non-aligned summit, and he's on his on on his way there. He stops in Angola to visit more Cuban troops, and this is his first interaction with none other than the beloved brother leader. Yeah. Muammar Gaddafi, man. one of the greatest of all time. You uh-huh. know what I mean? People, people don't talk about him enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nope. Brother leader, dog. He really, he really paves the way. You know He's what I mean? here. He's that here. Islamic and... socialism. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's really what hitting I, with we. Yo, I have honestly no care for uh, <laughs> uh, Muammar uh, Gaddafi, but. Um, it's fun to like. <laughs> He's just a fun guy. <laughs> what a what a wild dude. What a wacky, yeah. crazy guy who might have had syphilis that rotted his brain. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he like quits the summit at one point, and Fidel has to like go to his 
his green tent that he he travels yeah, with. He doesn't. And he doesn't go to hotels. He just goes no. to a tent. He just sets up his own tent. He just brings his own tent, <laughs> like and Fidel is there. Man. Like, hey man, what are you doing? <laughs> and like he gets done, and he's like, yeah, that dude is is crazy. He probably tried to like give him the green book and everything, and just like, hey man, have you read the good word? And you know, Castro's like, I don't, book. I don't <laughs> want it, man. There's this funny anecdote to where like. There's a fight at the Sheraton Hotel, which is where most of the other delegates are staying, between Zimbabwean security forces and the Amazons of Gaddafi, which yeah. is his all-female guard. And yeah. they, they, they supposedly had this like signature move, which was like a 360 spin backhand or forehand face slap. And let me tell you how good, if you have not listened to our Gaddafi episodes, let me tell you how good... Gaddafi is and how much stuff is in the Gaddafi episodes. I had to leave that out. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, yeah, like, man. It was just too much. I had to just, leave there was that too, other, too many other things that we wanted to hit. His yeah. all-female Amazonian guard with a yeah. 360 face yeah. slap. Where, who else but okay. Gaddafi would... <laughs> okay, let's get off Gaddafi because like most things, this is what Gaddafi would have wanted. It's just to take over a podcast. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> to, to, dom- yeah, to dominate the conversation and prevent the other shit. So in September of 87 to March of 88, this is the climax of the Angolan War. This is the Battle of Coito Cuanavale. It's called by the author of one of the books I read, The African Stalingrad. And I, I really like that. It's, cool. a, it's a stalemate for the most part. But the, sta- uh, the South Africans, they're much like the U.S. in regards to Vietnam, they're forced to agree that they will never overthrow the Marxist government of Luanda. They're like, we can't fucking get a hold on this thing we can't do it and they agree to grant namibia independence because it was like a protectorate of south africa before known as southwest africa and this like the the overthrow like the angola and namibia winning independence is one of the things that helps contribute to the collapse of apartheid nelson mandela says about coito kawanavale that it quote, destroyed the myth of the invincibility of the white oppressor and was a victory for all of Africa. And it would not have been possible without Fidel Castro. But there's also rumors that Fidel was trading on the Kandonga, which is the Angolan black market, and that Mm. he had like his private slush fund called the Reserva, that he might have been like, you know, he's got Cuban troops in Angola and he's, you know, supporting the revolutionary movement, but also if I can make a little money on the side for my blockaded economy or just my own personal use, then why the fuck not? You know? Yeah. I, okay. See, here's the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that people do good things anymore just to do good things because I'm now, I'm now 27 years old yeah. and I'm not a fucking okay. boy. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so every country, they might say they do like, I'm doing this for the good of the night for communism. I'm doing this for capitalism good of the people no they're trying to get a little little taste of something on the mm-hmm, side mm-hmm. they're trying to get a little taste nobody's doing nobody's gonna send their people to die for you because they think you should have a good life yeah <laughs> like, um, yeah unless they're under threat themselves yeah it's you know it's I mean? a it's a weird thought that you can like start altruistically but or like hide under the flag of altruism yeah. and be like oh yeah we're, we're doing okay and it's yeah. like okay just say you want the profit but you're also doing good as a consequence of wanting the profit yeah, yeah no it's the interests aligned <laughs> they yeah. aligned the stars aligned in a, in a great way <laughs> it's it's a it's an interesting thought uh you know, they say that the ends justify the means. Well, maybe sometimes the means justify the ends. 
Well, maybe, well, maybe. And I don't know if there's any substance to that or if I just switch some shit and people are going to pretend it's smart. But uh, no, but I'm going to tell you right either now, way. None of our <laughs> listeners are going to pretend that's smart. <laughs> and that's why I like you because you're, you're smart people. I'm going to I'm going to think about that later and be like, no, that was uh, that was bullshit. I just said some shit. <laughs> In June of 1989, you've got the trial of General Arnaldo Ochoa, Colonel Antonio de la Guardia, and others because of their alleged connections to Escobar and because they were engaging in cocaine smuggling. But what Fidel is not going to tell you in his autobiography is that the drug smuggling was approved by Castro himself. Uh-huh. And it was designed to get money for Cuba's struggling economy through Departamento MC, which is headed by Jose Brantes and like that whole like front company endeavors. This is where they, they ended up having ties to Escobar. This yeah. is the other name of MC as well. They, they called it uh, Departamento Marihuana y Cocaine. Just mm. MC. Oh, that's ooh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Now that's mm-hmm. that's also mm-hmm. what I called my dorm in college. Come there on, you big go. dog. Yeah, <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting hot. You know. Well, not well, not the C part. We weren't that cool. No, not and usually yeah. it was just dudes. Just okay. Only dudes <laughs> in my dorm smoking weed. <laughs> that's at least the cool cool dorm your sophomore year. You know what I mean? No, you can, you can still cool get away with a dorm <laughs> your sophomore year. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, you. I just, I just, I just, no, 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 no. I just mean compared to the other dorms on your floor, probably. Maybe the coolest no. dorm on the bunch of dudes smoking weed in the in the one dorm. That's all. No, that's cool- okay for nineteen. Four nineteen. You gotta add those qualifiers. No, for no, the coolest dorm on my floor in college was the one with like the baseball players who like could invite hot like sports chicks or like sorority chicks over. And where they would like drink and have fun. That was not the dudes okay. playing Halo or uh, COD, smoking uh, weed. Okay. <laughs> Listening to Gucci Man. No, that's not <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> hey man, it's it's all it's all relative, you know. Choose choose. No, your it's own no, adventure. they're the clear winner. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about General Arnaldo Ochoa is that he wasn't just at Bay of Pigs. Like we mentioned he fought in Nicaragua for the Sandinistas and also in Angola. He's like the most respected general in Cuba. Yeah. And Fidel's friend, probably, at least Ochoa thought. And here in this instance, he's set up as the patsy in this yeah. one. And him and some others are like shot by a firing squad on July 13th at at a at an air base. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Pretty gnarly, you know, just <laughs> yeah. to see that, that Fidel would, like, sell this guy out. But he also kind of had to, because what is he going to do, admit the Cuban government's complicity in this? Like, he's... No, I mean, uh, well, I mean, what if... If in, in, if he's if, an honest man, but that's no, going to lead to the was, collapse. If he was a good capitalist man, he would, he would first of all, uh, he would cover this up. And then he would, he would get investigated for it. And then uh, the general... Um, uh, General Ochoa would uh-huh. then run for uh, for president, um, yeah, and then pardon yeah. all the people that were convicted. Mm. Um, and while he mm-hmm. was running for president, he would run a mm-hmm. racist campaign ad that told, like, basically said, if you elect the other guy, uh, black people will come and like rape your daughters. Um, and then he would right win the presidency, and mm-hmm. then he would maybe do one term, and then he bec- and then his nurses, when he got older, would call him a. Uh, Captain, uh, squeeze him up or fill him up or whatever, um, <laughs> copper fill or whatever, and then um, and then his son would then be president for two years and lead us into uh-huh. a war in the Middle East. Yeah, 
That's if that if 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 you if this was America, that's what would happen. <laughs> USA. <laughs> yeah. USA. 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 That's, that's what yeah. we do. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> maybe also he would uh, in his previous years launch the Bay of Pigs. Who knows though? Who no, knows? Yeah, and maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he would do, maybe he would do that coming up. You know, nobody, before, nobody. You know what I mean? Yeah, no big deal. Don't yeah. worry. Maybe also have a hand in actually assassinating JFK himself. Who and knows, man? Yeah, he, he, he might have had some other yeah, shit I mean, going like, on. Yeah, you know, there's, a might have, there's yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So in August of 1990, this is the beginning of the Cuban special period because, like, all the USSR aid is drying up and everything, so they start, like, you know, promoting tourism and yeah. loosening traveling restrictions. And then also, maybe your the, your second son, your second Ochoa son, will then run for president and then lose to... A reality TV star in a really crushing and oh, and a really in a real yeah, and everybody would know he was soft because we were looking at him on TV and be like, oh, that's yeah, you're a real big pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that's real, the last time I want real, that. real soft as that <laughs> tofu, man. Yeah. Soft as that tofu. So in December of 1991, you've got the collapse of the Soviet Union and the Cuban economy starts to fall. And again, we're just doing Cold Warriors, so I wanted to cut it off at the Cold War. Yeah. But there is more about Fidel Castro. He finally dies in November of 2016 at age 90, causes unknown. Okay. And just kind of a, a final analysis of Fidel, pa- or Fidel Castro because he's such a controversial figure. In addition to the countries we mentioned, he supported a bunch of others in their liberation endeavors like Ethiopia, El Salvador, Yemen, Guinea-Bissau, Guatemala, Chile under Allende. And he also turned Cuba into a medical superpower. Like Mm -hmm. they, one of their major exports other than sugar is doctors. The nations will pay Cuba for the doctors and the gov keeps most of it. But like a converse side effect is that Cuban trained doctors will also leave Cuba to earn more in other nations because they're not paid enough. They've got a lower infant mortality rate, a slightly longer life expectancy. More women are enrolled in college in Cuba. The government spends 13% of its national budget on education more than any other nation. They got free college and trade school is like less stigmatized over there to where it's kind of like different at age 16. You get to choose like, do you want to get your associates in like liberal arts or university studies or, you know, kind of associates in in and then eventually attend a technical institute Hmm. flip side fidel had at least 20 different properties spread across cuba not to mention like a private yacht known as aquarama dos and a private island off the coast of cuba called cayo piedra and he like imprisoned homosexuals and political dissidents and like tortured a bunch of people he purged the old regime disenfranchised the middle class killed his friends as we've seen yeah so just a series of questions about fidel castro was he a socialist dictator yes yeah Uh, yeah i don't yeah (laughs) i don't think there's any room to dispute that one yeah Yeah, he totally was yeah did he also do some good things yeah sure yeah yes For sure. Now, did he do some bad things? Yes. And mistreat Cuba? Yes, absolutely. Yes, Southern Florida. Yes, yes, yes we, we get, get it. it. We know. We've <laughs> heard it. All right. But did the U.S. also do some bad things in their yes. like blind attempt at revenge in order to destabilize this regime? Absolutely, yes. they yes. did. And so, like you know, a lot of people have very strong opinions on Fidel either way because they assume that he has to be all good or all bad and i would just i would just encourage people that like he was 
he was bad and but he did good things like explore the complexity of the gray areas of life like no one side is all right or you char- you start trying to talk about like what Castro did as a person and people will be like oh well yeah well the U- USA did this and it's like yeah you're both right you don't you know one point does not invalidate the other right I I mean here's the thing I I, I agree with you partially and then partially I'm just like from your perspective you can have your opinion and there did good things and bad things and those bad things can uh invalidate your good things yeah yeah that that's that's okay and, and that they can invalidate your good things and your good things uh can invalidate your bad things with fidel castro a uh, good guy no <laughs> no not at no. all i don't think did he can say things. he was a good yeah. guy did some good things <laughs> yeah. yeah but did not a good things not a good did a lot guy. of bad yeah. things yeah. uh very impressive uh um, yeah but you know what i mean there's some good stuff yeah <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, <laughs> and y- you also can't ignore that like yeah. cuba has accomplished a lot in yeah. some areas they have like a better healthcare system than yeah. we do and like yeah. free college and you under, know s- under some of the, the other statistics that we were talking about under the weight of like u.s literal just trying yeah to and them like out yes like a small and, cat like that like that yeah like, like that dog from the Sopranos that kid, that Chrissy sat on. He just he got high yeah, on heroin one day just and just like, sat on the dog and, just, and snuffed but the dog like, out. But it didn't die. No, you know? no, no I mean, just, the dog died. Oh, the but dog Cuba died. did not But die. Cuba did it. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, 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 was, that, was, so, that was my point. Is like we were doing everything we could yeah. because we could not stand having this socialist nation so far from our shores as presenting that yeah. maybe not viable alternative, but an alternative. And we did yeah. everything we could, right? And they still stuck it through. Yeah. However... This might have to do more with the strength of some some socialist programs than of the individual leadership of Raul or Fidel, because you have to explain it one way or the other. You know, it's got to be it's got to be something. You can't ignore yeah. these things. Yeah. Look, man, it's complex, complex, uh, complexity is what we got into this game for. Yeah. To kind of explore the complexities and kind of learn the complexities. And I hope that's what you did. And I hope that's what you learned from this. Um just a little bit more about Fidel. We couldn't go into depth. No. We couldn't go super, super too into depth because we'd no. be here. We don't. We don't yeah. have a PhD. I would no. love to have a PhD, but I don't have. Uh, it. It'd be nice. So, yeah. One so day. we did. So we kind of gave you a good overview of his life. Henry did a great job on this. Thank you, Henry. Sure um, thing. And you know, um, we thank you guys for listening. That was that's going to be the end of our, our our Fidel overview, our Fidel saga part two. Uh, Henry, uh, we, what's your social media? You can find me, Henry E. Price, Henry Price on Facebook, whatever, man. Say what's up. You can find me, Joshua B. Stokes, Instagram, Twitter, Joshua Stokes on Facebook. It's cool if you want to add me. That's dope. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. I like more Facebook friends. We can we can mm-hmm. argue about politics all day on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Um, and Hard Fight History, Instagram, yep. Hard Fight History, Facebook, HFH Podcast on Twitter, um guys thank you for listening go back and listen to old episodes share like review do all the things that would help us be people who don't have to work anymore because none of us are gonna have jobs soon it's Mm -hmm. crazy out there love you guys take care see you next time be safe be safe out there dog all right